And we are live. Awesome. And welcome to episode 70 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I am your host, Lisa Nowakowski, a fifth grade teacher in South Monterey County here in California. And I can't believe it's episode 70. That's so exciting. Um, and I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional technology coach in Northwest LA County. And just a reminder, we have a 15 minute format because ain't nobody got more time than that. No, they don't. And today's coffee fact, New Yorkers drink seven times more coffee than any other US city. I wonder why that is. I would have thought it was, uh, I would have thought it was LA judging from the lines that are usually at any local Starbucks that I go to, but I guess not. Anyway, take it away, Lisa. Thanks. So tonight's guest, we're so excited, is John Sowash, and he'll be talking to us about multimedia projects on Chromebooks and how many of us have Chromebooks. So John, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Yeah, well, thank you, Nancy and Lisa, for having me. First, congratulations on episode 70. I've podcast myself, and I am nowhere near 70 episodes. That is uh, truly a, uh, a milestone. I appreciate it. Um, I'm a former high school science teacher. Uh, I'm a Midwest guy taught outside of Detroit, uh, five years as a high school biology teacher, and then uh, two years as a high school principal. And uh, now I help teachers use Chromebooks in interesting and innovative ways, uh, including uh, with my own kids. I have five kids of my own, two, four, six, eight, ten, and we have a small Chromebook lab at our house. <laughs> Uh, a lot. I test a lot of stuff on them uh, at home. Awesome! So yay! I I grew up in Detroit, so I my heart's always there. It's um, way better than everybody makes it out to be. Yes, <laughs> yes. We are born and bred that way. Um, so going back to you and Chromebooks and all of the great things that you do. So the idea of doing multimedia projects sounds really great, and I love that stuff as a fifth grade teacher, but in my teacher mind, I immediately think of like, oh my gosh, how many class periods is this going to take? Are there projects that don't take days and days to complete that don't drag on? Absolutely. And uh, I learned this from experience because as a teacher, I did a video project in my classroom and the three-day project turned into like a seven-day project. It was a disaster. Um, and so as I was you know, reflecting on this and helping other teachers develop them, I came up with this relatively simple framework that I think works well. You know, there are three ways to use multimedia in your classroom. You can use it to document learning, demonstrate learning, and display learning. Documenting should take place pretty much every class period. And that could be as simple as just snapping a picture. This is what I did today, taking a screenshot, recording a 30 second audio clip, you know, reflecting on the class period demonstration activities are more of, uh, you know, I'm going to use worksheet activities just as a frame of reference, but it's something where everybody has an objective they have to meet. And so they're creating something to demonstrate their understanding of that concept that, you know, you'll do that certainly a couple times a week, one to three times a week. Um, and then the display projects, those are the ones that can take a long time. And I would say that you're going to do a display project one to three times per semester. Depends on the class, but that's like one project each semester. It's awesome. It's the thing you share with parents and everybody's impressed about. So understanding that there's different ways to use it, to document, to demonstrate and display, hopefully we'll, we'll take some of that fear away. 
That's great. I like how you broke that down to, to, you know, this is what you can do daily. This is what you can do a couple times a week versus, you know, a couple times a semester. So that kind of, that really helped me out. Um, also, when I think of multimedia, my mind automatically goes to videos. That's kind of where I love doing things and having the kids do that. However, I know that's just a portion of it. There's so many other aspects to multimedia projects. So what are some other things that can be done in the Chromebooks? Yeah, I mean, when you say multimedia, you're really talking about three things. You're talking about audio, video, and images. Audios, this are video, or excuse me, images are the simplest, and that's where you're going to start. You know, it's so easy to create just a visual thing. Audio has a lot of potential. I'm I'm super interested in audio right now because of podcasting is a resurgent. Then you think, do you guys have a, a Google Home or an Amazon Echo uh, in your house? I mean, if you think about how impactful audio has been in the last couple of years, that I think is really where we're seeing a lot of growth. Now, video encompasses both. Video has the visual element of the image projects and the audio element as well, which is why they are the most complicated. So video, again, going back to your first question, is going to take you the most time because it has two elements. But if you just do the image-based end things, and audio is really cool. If you're an English teacher, audio projects are your friend because every audio project has a strong writing component behind it. If you have written something, all you have to do is ask your students to, you know, speak it and capture it as audio, throw some music behind it, a little intro, outro, and you've got something that's really easy to share. I love Google Docs, but let's be honest, sharing a, you know, finished Google document is not terribly interesting. But if we turn that into an audio recording, now we've got something that uh, people will enjoy sharing and listening to. Yes. And I love that you said uh, that podcasting, you know, is kind of having a, a resurgence. And I am hearing of so many different classrooms having you know, starting podcasts, which I find exciting as well. Um, Can so I jump in on one thing about the yeah. podcasting? Because um, it's totally an awesome idea. But when people hear podcasts, I think they think of shows like yours, where it's like, oh, every Monday, there's a there's a show, there's an episode that comes out. And a lot of teachers are like, I am not committing to a weekly, monthly <laughs> podcast. It does not have to be like that. Do a 10-episode podcast on Greek and Roman gods. Every kid does a three-minute episode on one of the Greek gods, and you publish that as kind of a, a you know a mini series, and it's done. It's over. You're finished. It doesn't have to be a lifetime uh, commitment or an hour-long show or kind of your this American Life style of uh, production, which is way beyond anything that I'm willing to do. I, right. Uh, my kids listen to a podcast in the classroom and they wanted to create one like that. And I know, nope, it was this big, long, well done uh, story. Um, getting back to you, though, however, what are some tools that uh, students love to use? I would love to hear this. So um, I have a long list of tools that I could share, but I'll be very honest. I am not an app guy. Uh, you know, there are a million apps that you can do. And yes, there are some apps that students will love to use, but you use them one time and the, the glitter wears off and now it's just work. So I'm much more interested in tools that are useful and user friendly and help work get done than ones that are flashy and, you know, have lots of fun features. So I'll give you three. 
Um, one super simple one that's relatively new is AutoDraw, uh, which is a Google experiment. Um, it's just AutoDraw.com. And if you have touchscreen Chromebooks, this will be particularly interesting to you. Um, this is a great tool for creating simple graphics that you can use in other projects. Um, you sketch something out, and I am not an artist. Google looks at your chicken scratch and identifies it as a tree or a flower or a house and then presents you with professionally drawn um, versions of uh, your poor stickman uh, drawing. So I, I like that one a lot. So you can use that as you know elements in a you know more polished project. Um, second one, very, very popular right now, and that's because it's great, is Adobe Spark. I mean, I'm not presenting anything new to a lot of people but the reason Adobe Spark is good is because it works. The best feature of Adobe Spark is the fact that it has no features. Uh, <laughs> you got like four slide layouts, four fonts, and you're done. Um, you cannot get lost in the bells and whistles and, you know, glitter text and things like that. So Adobe Spark is my absolute favorite tool for kind of that um, middle project, the demonstrate um, idea, where I have an objective that I need to communicate. Adobe Spark is an awesome tool. Last one, this one is probably going to be new. I, I cannot give this a full recommendation. Um, I'll explain it in a minute, but it's, uh, it's called headliner.app. It's not an education-focused project. It's kind of a video editor. You guys might be interested. So what I do for my podcast is I'll record a 60-minute you know, episode. I'll take a 60-second clip, snip it out, but it's audio only. I dump it into headliner.app, and it turns the audio into kind of a pseudo video. I can put an image in there, and then it auto-transcribes it for me. You've probably seen them on Facebook or Twitter where you can watch a video without actually listening to it because it puts the, the text on it. It's a really, really great tool, super simple to use. It's 100% free. They don't even have a paid version. Um, the only problem with it, that my hesitation, is that it is a 13-plus tool. So because it's not an education-focused, app. They don't have the data um, collection practices that would allow it to be used by under 13. I actually spoke to the CEO of the company a couple weeks ago and said, hey, this is awesome. You guys got to um, you know, get your stuff ready so that uh, I can recommend it to teachers. So check it out. Definitely teachers, high school students for sure, headliner.app. Awesome. Thanks for those. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of headliner. Um, so how can teachers and, and, and you know myself included begin incorporating this into our existing curriculum because so many of us, we have to use the curriculum that is given. Yes, it's a great question. And uh, of course, that's why uh, teachers get paid the big bucks, right? And uh, <laughs> you know, if I could answer that question for everybody, I would love to. Unfortunately, it's something that every person has to wrestle with, you know, how, how can I help students to grasp the uh, curriculum that I am teaching? And it takes creativity. I mean, that's why teachers are so amazing is because they bring that creativity to their classroom every day. I'll give you one tip, though. Um, my, my The first thing I always do anytime I'm trying to kind of upgrade or improve my use of technology in the classroom is to take inventory of what I have. Do not start from scratch. It's just incredibly difficult to do. Think back to your first year of teaching. So look at what you already have. Do you have PowerPoints? Do you have worksheets? Do you have, you know, are you doing poster projects? It is much easier to 
turn a you know paper-based activity into a digital one than it is to just kind of come up with something out of thin air. Poster projects, brochure projects, um, newsletter kind of stuff, like that stuff is so easy to turn into either a digital poster or a website. Um, PowerPoints can become videos very, very easily. So start with what you have. That's uh, would be my tip. That's a, that's a great tip too. Just ease into it. Um, how can students easily record on Chromebooks? Uh, I know my students, they're, they're, they tend to be very bulky and they're walking around with their Chromebooks and, you know, doing odd things at odd angles. And Certainly. I just stopped looking at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chromebooks are not ideal for capturing media. Um, certainly, you can do webcam style stuff. I mean, I'm on a Chromebook right now. It's it's fine for this kind of thing. Um, if you wanted to do kind of a video or audio reflection, very, very simple to do that. Um, I would recommend uh, School Video Recorder, which is like a dead simple one button, just talk into the webcam kind of a tool. Um, another one for audio is cloud audio recorder. Again, one button, you press it, you talk, you stop and uh, you're, you're good to go. So for audio, uh, it's good. Video can be good. I mean, it's not super high quality video pictures. Again, if you're documenting learning, if you're trying to capture what's going on in the classroom, then, you know, the webcam is totally fine. I just use uh, typically open up a, a Google slide presentation, create a slide for every kid and then tell the kids to go to insert photo webcam snap a picture of what they're doing. I mean, they can they can hold up a math worksheet in front of the webcam and take a picture. If you're doing an art project, hold it up and say, this is what it looks like today. And this is what it looks like tomorrow. And over, you know, course of several days, you've got a really cool um, kind of time lapse of how that project has developed uh, over time. If you need to do live action or anything with high resolution, you're definitely gonna wanna grab some mobile devices iPads, iPhones, um, Android, whatever you've got um, to capture those moments. I love the idea of just taking a quick photo to document their learning or their progress. Um, it's quick and simple, and it's so easy for us to share out to the parents so they know what's happening in the classroom. They they love it. And I actually kind of got the idea, or it was connected to me. Um, so Elon Musk, over, during the Super Bowl, tweeted out this amazing video of the first test um, firing of his new rocket. And I was like, this guy, a multi-billionaire, is like just dies like, look what I did today. I'm like, well, if he can do it with you know this amazing aerospace company, we can do this in the classroom. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. yes, we can. And sadly, that was our timer. I'm I'm so into this discussion, but um do you have any last um suggestions, thoughts, ideas before we wrap up? I was petrified of this 15 minute timer. I've got, I, I got a lot farther than I thought. I knew I was going to run out of time. So I actually put together all of my multimedia resources in one place uh, for your listeners. So it's a, a special site just for you guys. Um, if you go to uh, chrm.tech slash TLC Ninja. Uh, that will take you to a special blog post that I wrote um, just kind of, you know, putting everything uh, that I have together in one spot for you. So chrm.tech slash TLC Ninja. Oh, great. Thank you. And that will be in the show notes as well. We'll include those so that uh, listeners can go to see that. So thank you so much for coming on. And tonight we have a special 
Special thing to tell you is this is usually where we tell you to leave a review, um, but now you have an extra reason to leave a review because John has written a book and the title is? Yeah, it's the Chromebook Classroom. Looks like this, you can kind of see it here. It, it uh, is, is the awesome. most comprehensive uh, guide to using Chromebooks in uh, K-12. And he is giving away not one, but two copies to our listeners. Thank you so much. So here's how you can win. Um, we'll be giving one copy away to somebody who leaves a review of the podcast on iTunes. Be sure to include your Twitter handle so we can get in touch with you. And we will be giving away another copy to somebody who leaves a comment on this video, either on YouTube or on our website at tlc.ninja, sharing a spark or idea you got from John. So again, include your Twitter handle, and we'll be selecting our winners on March 1st. So good luck. And thank you again, John, for, for, that generos for your generosity. It's just awesome. Um, we're, we're so excited. Um, so to our listeners, please join us on Monday, February 18th. That's just one week from today when our guest will be Isabel Gonzalez talking about using Google Docs speech to text feature to improve pronunciation in foreign languages. Yes, and um, just a side note to uh, next week's guest, uh, the time might actually change, so uh, we'll keep you posted on that. We're still working on the details for that. Um, and please don't forget to su subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. And if you like the show, of course you did, go ahead and leave a review on iTunes, not only so people can find us easier, but so that you might get a copy of John's book. And also remember that we are always looking for guests to share the great things that they are doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone who fits the bill or if you'd like to be a guest, we would love to hear from you. So go visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thanks. <laughs>